Happy New Year, everybody. How wonderful to see your smiling faces today. This is the day the Lord has made. Amen. Jesus has given you today. It is the grace of God that you're alive today. He's the one who right in the beginning breathed his life into Adam. And God breathes his life into you and me. So let's just be thankful to the Lord. Amen. As we start this new year. Hallelujah. He is Lord. Um, I'm going to read a couple of bits from Luke's gospel. And I want you to notice as I read them what is said to Mary, the mother of Jesus. Because I want to focus in on that. So let's turn to Luke's gospel, chapter 1, verse 26 to 30. And one of Mary's relatives, Elizabeth, is pregnant. You may be familiar with the story, you may not be. Anyway, her name is Elizabeth, she's pregnant. And Luke takes the account, verse 26, I want to read a few verses. Remember, I want you to just make a mental note of what is said to Mary. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. Now I want to skip a bit and read from chapter 2, verses 28 to 35. And this is the account where the infant Christ is being dedicated at the, te- at the temple. And Mary is doing her purification rites. And there's a man there called Simeon who's been told by the Lord that he's not going to die until he's seen God's salvation. And so Mary and Joseph bring Jesus to be dedicated into the temple. And Simeon takes the child In his arms, verse 28 of chapter 2, Simeon took him, i.e. Christ, in his arms and praised God saying, Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you may now dismiss your servant in peace. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all nations, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people Israel. The child's father and mother marveled at what was said about him. Then Simeon blessed them. And said to Mary, his mother, this child is destined to cause the falling and rising of many in Israel and to be a sign that will be spoken against so that the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed and a sword will pierce your own soul too. Joe and I, my wife, went to Germany last month to a Christmas market in Munich. This was before the atrocity in Berlin. And uh, one of the things that surprised us as we were out there was I don't recollect ever hearing any Christmas music, which really surprised us. Um, None at the Christmas market, none in the restaurants, none in the shops, very unlike here. You know, like here, the end of November, I was in Tesco down the road, and what do you hear? Oh, you hear, I wish it would be Christmas every day type stuff. I know we get fed up with it very quickly. used to be popular to write Christmas songs to try and get to number one. Now I think the X Factors kind of tended to wipe that out. 
But uh, a few decades ago, John Lennon wrote a Christmas song, him and his wife Yoko, and they expressed some sentiment about looking back and looking forward. And in his Christmas song, he wrote, so this is Christmas, and what have you done? So looking back, another year over, and a new one just begun. A very Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Let's hope it's a good one without any fear. So there's a looking forward there. And I don't think that we would disagree with the sentiment behind that. There's a looking back and a looking forward. And I think it can be helpful for us to do that too. To look back, to remember, and to look forward as well. And looking and using people in the Bible like Mary can help us to do that too. As you look back on your year, and I've had a little bit longer to do this than you because I've been thinking about it for a couple of weeks. If you look back into 2016, what for you were some of the highlights of your year? I wonder. And what might some of the low points have been? Did you have any highlights, things that stand out to you that you thought, ah, that was a really good time or a good experience or a good happening or that, that was a particular blessing? Or maybe there were things as you look back on your life that was really hard in 2016. That was tough. I'd prefer not to have gone through that. So whatever situation it might be. As I've looked back on my experience in 2016, some of the low points for me and our family were obviously the death of uh, Joy's parents, Frank and Eileen. It was a very difficult time to go through, very hard to see them deteriorating and feeling helpless to do anything. And it's just a, a low point of the year. There's no question about it. But it wasn't all low points. We had some highlights too. In fact, we had many highlights. We had the birth, births of two grandchildren, a grandson, a granddaughter. I know there are kind of extreme highlights and low points if you like. But what about you? Perhaps yours were also relational. Maybe a reconciliation. Or maybe there was a breakdown in relationship. Or maybe there was some financial improvement or difficulties that you had in 2016. Maybe it was something to do with a visa. Maybe you got a visa or maybe you didn't get a visa. Could have been a high or a low point either. Maybe it's health related. Perhaps you enjoyed really good health last year. Or maybe you had difficulties. You had appointments that you had to go to and tests to be done and all that kind of stuff. Or maybe it was work. Something good happened at work. You got promoted or you were encouraged at work. Or maybe it was just stressful. And you couldn't wait to get on holiday because of the stress of it all. The point is we have highlights and low points in our life. Highlights generally are easy to cope with. So for example, I went to Nepal, as many of you know, in October. And it was a highlight. And uh, it was a delight to be there. And I enjoyed it thoroughly. So highlights are generally easy to cope with. But the low points, those are the ones that are difficult. Mary, the mother of Jesus, was an ordinary person chosen by God to go on an extraordinary journey of faith. You and I, I would suggest, are ordinary people chosen by God to go on an extraordinary journey of faith. There was an incident after Jesus was raised from the dead where the disciples had met with Jesus, apart from Thomas. And Thomas said, I'm not going to believe unless I can put my hands in his wounds. And so when Jesus appears and Thomas is there, he says to him, okay, you put your hands there and see that I'm real. And then Jesus says, because you have seen, you have believed. 
Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. So if you've not seen and you've believed, then you're blessed. I've not seen and yet I believed and so I am blessed. God breaks into Mary's world. And God breaks into your world. God breaks into my world. God broke into my world when I was 20 years of age. When I came to faith. And I've been on that journey of faith ever since. Now, obviously, our story is not going to be as dramatic as Mary's. But it's the same God who breaks into our world as into hers. And the angel tells her, verse 28, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. What an amazing thing to hear. And, if she doesn't, and it's as if she doesn't quite get it because he says to her again, do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. What a wonderful thing to be highly favored. What a wonderful thing to be favored. To be favored by God himself. Isn't that incredible? Isn't that outstanding? Isn't that the best thing that could happen? And yet Jesus says it of you and me. As he begins his ministry, he says the spirit Of the Lord is on me to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. So if we've received Christ as Lord and Savior, then we are under the favor of Almighty God. When we receive Christ into our lives, we receive God's favor, His blessing, His yes, His welcome. Let's think about this for a moment. What does it mean to be highly favored? Well, the way I look at it is this. Let's imagine, I don't know if you've ever done this as well, uh, been on the internet and you've wanted to book a holiday and, and you've looked at what is available and you, know, you want to get value for money, of course, so you go on a comparison website perhaps or whatever it is and you look and you... And so you book your holiday, you get to the airport, <clears throat> you hand in your passport The check-in assistant looks at your passport, looks at the computer screen, and says to you, Oh, you're highly favored. What do you think that might mean? Well, I know what they thought in Hazelmere about half an hour ago. You tell me what you think. Yeah, an upgrade. Ho, ho. Nice, highly favored. So then you get on your business class seat or first class seat, and then you arrive at the hotel Again, you hand in your passport, check-in assistant looks at the computer, looks at you and says, "Ah, you're definitely favored today. What do you think will happen? You've got a sweet way. So sometimes we think about favor in those terms. I wonder what Mary thought when she was told she was highly favored, that she was favored by God. What kind of faith journey was she going to have to walk in order for this being highly favored to be experienced. She was indeed highly favored. She was going to give birth to the Son of God. But was it going to be a smooth journey? Well, we know it wasn't because at the dedication, Simeon says to her, well, first of all, he says, this child is going to be a light for revelation to the Gentiles. Yes, the Gentiles. He's going to be a light for revelation to the Gentiles. And then the glory of your people Israel. So this child is going to encompass the whole world. He's going to be a light. He's going to bring glory. 
Fantastic. But he's destined to cause the falling and rising of many in Israel. And a sword will pierce your own soul too. So the question I want to ask is this. How can she be highly favored and at the same time a sword will pierce your own soul too? That sounds pretty drastic. A sword to pierce your own soul too. Now if I cut myself with a knife, it can be painful. I did it a few weeks ago. But for a sword to pierce your own soul too. Let's not forget, she's the mother of this child. Nothing can take away from this fact. She's the one who's carried this child in her womb. No one else has done that. She's the one who suckled this child at her breast. No one else has done that. So she has a unique bond with her child, I would suggest. And I would suggest it's generally true of mothers compared to fathers. And I'm not talking about inferiority or superiority. I've thought about this a lot and I've asked different ladies what they think about this as well. And I think there's a different bond that a mother has with her child compared to a father. Not inferior, not superior, it's different. I don't know what it's like to have a child growing inside me. I don't know what it's like to have the pangs of childbirth. I don't know what it's like to have a child suckling at my breast. I don't know these things. I don't know what it's like to have morning sickness. I don't know these things. I never can know them. It's not just me that thinks this. Isaiah says, can a mother forget the baby at her breast and have no compassion on the child she has born, though she may forget? In other words, he's saying it's unthinkable. But even if it was to happen, I will not forget you. So I would suggest that Mary has a bond with this child, this infant Christ. She loves this boy. Love makes you vulnerable. Love opens you up to the possibility of being blessed and wounded. I don't know if you've ever played the game Monopoly. Who's played the game Monopoly? Anybody? A few? I used to play a lot when I was a boy. I've still got a set at home. And for those who don't know what it is, basically it's a board game. You roll a couple of dice. You go around the board and you can buy different properties. And the idea is you collect properties and you charge other players rent for landing on your properties. Uh, One of the squares that you can land on is go to jail. And you can even get a card which tells you to go to jail. And if you go to jail, you're not allowed to play for three rounds. There are different ways of getting out, but basically you're out of the game temporarily, which means you can't collect rent and stuff like that. So it's disadvantageous. However, you can get a get out of jail card free. Get out of jail free card. So it gives you kind of immunity from being in jail. Wonderful. Sometimes I think, as Christians, we think God should give us an immunity card. We should have a get-out-of-jail card, get-out-of-jail-free card. We should be immune from some of the things of life. Mary did not have a get-out-of-jail card. Mary did not have immunity. A sword was going to pierce her own heart. She had to go through a lot of things in her life. She had to go through her pregnancy with people knowing that she got pregnant before she was married. And in that society, that would have been a disgrace. It would have been a stigma. You can imagine the whispers. 
the innuendos. Perhaps people shunned her. Huh. Don't associate with her. Have you heard the story that she's told? How ridiculous is that? An angel? Oh, we've heard, we've heard many stories in our lives, but that takes the biscuit, that one. At the birth, of course, we know there's no room in the inn. The child has to be laid in an animal's manger. And yet she's highly favored. She goes to the temple for the purification rites and to dedicate the child. And actually, they can't afford the lamb. The mother of the lamb of God can't afford the lamb. So they have two pigeons instead. So they're not exactly well healed at this point in their life. Even after the wise men from the east visit, you know, what it's like sometimes as a parent, especially with a a new child, uh, getting that child into some kind of routine so that the child, you know, can sleep through the night is one of the things that you're seeking to do. And uh, my daughter's recently had a a little baby and she's uh, four weeks old and that's one of the things. So I say to her, how how was it last night? Did, Did you get much sleep? Oh, I got two hours. And then she was awake for four, you know. And you can imagine that maybe in this case, Mary's just got the child to sleep. She's just dropped off, ah, at last. And then she's woken up by Joseph. Pack your bags, get the child ready. We have to go. Go? Where? Where are we going? We're going to Egypt. Egypt? But that's miles away. How are we going to get there? An angel appeared to me in a dream. Uh, Herod's out to kill the child. We've got to flee. We've got to become refugees. She's highly favored. So why is she going through all this? Even later on when Jesus is fully grown and he's ministering, um, <clears throat> Mary and, her bro- and uh, some of the other boys come to see Jesus. And someone says to Jesus, Oh, your mother and brothers are outside. They want to see you. And Jesus says, well, who is my mother? Who are my brothers? They're the ones who do the will of God. That's who my mother is. What must that have been like for Mary to hear that? She's waiting outside. And he says, oh. Must have been quite difficult, quite puzzling for her. And yet we know that Jesus loved her. He demonstrates that when he speaks to John and Mary from the cross. Of course, ultimately... Mary sees her own son on the cross. She sees him abused. She sees him stabbed. She sees him nailed there. She sees him bleeding. She sees him humiliated. Not much wonder a sword pierces her own heart in her journey of faith. And yet she's still highly favored. Why do bad things happen to good people? If she is highly favored, why does a sword pierce her own heart? Obviously, God has a greater purpose that she may not fully understand. What about you and me? Do we sometimes get cross with the Lord saying, where's my get out of jail free card? Why am I going through this? Why do I have these obstacles in my life? And yet, who's there on the day of Pentecost in the upper room? Mary. She's there with the other disciples as the Holy Spirit comes upon her. How did she cope in her journey of faith? How do we cope in our journey of faith? Well, 
we're told again in Luke that after the shepherds appeared, it says, Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. And then again, when Jesus is 12 years old and is uh, in the temple when he should have been with his, or his parents thought he should have been with them, and she didn't quite understand when Jesus said, didn't you know I should be in my father's house? It says, but his mother treasured all these things in her heart. So there were things that Mary treasured in her heart. There were things that Mary pondered in her heart. What about you and me as we go into 2017? What things do you treasure in your heart? What things can you ponder in your heart? What things has the Lord said to you? Words are incredibly powerful, aren't they? You know, when Mary was told a sword is going to pierce your own heart, I can't imagine what that must have been like to hear. It would have been like pinned to the wall by a hurricane. What things have been said to you? And maybe sometimes we can, we can live with things that, negative things that have been said to us, and we carry those for decades. Or maybe there are other things, positive, encouraging things, that again we can treasure. The Lord wants to speak positive things to you and me today. The Lord wants to encourage you and me today. The Lord wants to speak peace to you today. The Lord wants to tell you today he is Emmanuel. Just like the angel said to Mary, God is with you. Do not be afraid. And the Lord would say that to you and me this morning. I'm with you. I'm Emmanuel. Do not be afraid. Whatever you're going to go through in 2017, know this for sure. I'm going to be with you. I'm going to be with you every step of the way. You know, as I said at the beginning, it's very painful to see Joy's parents, Frank and Eileen, passing away slowly, painfully. But the thing that encouraged me, even in that dark period, was that they did it in faith. They did it in faith. And they knew that the Lord was with them even in their darkest hour. Are there things that you can ponder in your heart? It may be as well things that you have read in God's word or things you've heard that have been preached that the Lord wants you to even resurrect those words. Maybe they've become dormant and God wants you to treasure them and ponder them. I know that I've had prophetic words spoken over my life that I have treasured, that I have prayed into. There are still some words which I have not yet seen fulfilled, but they're sitting there, and I think about them, and I ponder them, and I pray about them. Lord, you said this. I believe you said this. Now I'm praying that this will come to pass. As we enter 2017, Emmanuel, God is with us. I want to say this as well. You're not just a church growth number. You know, when the father was waiting for the lost son to come home, he didn't say, oh, another church growth number has returned to the fold. No, he ran. He ran to that boy and he hugged him, gave him the biggest hug of his life, despite the fact he stank of pigs. And he said, I'll put the best robe on him, put great shoes on his feet, ring on his finger, kill the fatted calf. We're going to celebrate. 
That's the kind of welcome that your father gives you. That's the kind of love that your father has for you. Father God, he is with you in all of 2017. Amen. Amen. Lord Jesus, as we begin this new year, I'm sure that there will be some highlights and there may be some low points. But we want to thank you, Lord, that you are Emmanuel and that you are with us every step of the way. Lord, if there are things that we need to just think about and treasure, we just bring them to the surface again, oh God. Bring them to the surface. Speak to us again and again, Lord, of your love. We want to say thank you. Thank you for today. Thank you for this new year. Thank you for the possibilities that are going to be in this year. We love you, Lord, but we thank you that you love us so much. You've promised Emmanuel, I'll be with you. Thank you, Lord. Amen.